Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Social Impact Pioneers podcast series. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. These interviews with social impact pioneers provide you with insights, different perspectives, advice and maybe a little inspiration, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are tackling some of the world's biggest social challenges so that you can learn from those who have been there before, helping you in your decision-making and action-taking. Today, I am delighted to be having this conversation from within the heart of COP28 in Dubai, the Global Climate Conference 2023, meeting two wonderful social impact pioneers to talk about the human impact of climate change and in this case, the impact of climate change on children. Saranga Jerathni, Senior Advisor of Advocacy at Child Fund International, joins me having travelled from Sri Lanka. Saranga has devoted her career to improving resilience and risk to disasters, and climate change is the ultimate disaster, and in particular focusing on women and children. Kiva Duffies is the Senior Advisor on Climate Action Act. Child Fund. Kiva's work focuses on children and youth development and their rights. Together, they have been working to build country-level advocacy plans, guides and toolkits to ensure that children's needs and voices are understood as the world comes together to develop climate plans. Together, we're going to examine how climate change impacts children's protection and well-being and what governments can do to ensure a better future for children helping to create access for children and youth to participate in meaningful discussions with climate leaders in Dubai. So Kiva Saranga, great to have you here. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we are sitting, just so everybody uh, who's listening, uh, we are literally sitting on the floor outside the women's pavilion inside, inside COP's uh, green zone. It is, well, uh, people are giving us strange looks, really. It's bad. Love it. But... Fantastic to have you guys here. Wanted to open with a conversation. Okay, what brings you guys, Saranga, Kiva, what brings Child Fund, you guys, to COP and the Green Zone and, and everything we're doing to get today? Thank you, Katie. So I'm Saranga. I'm the Senior Advisor for Country Office Advocacy at Child Fund International. As a child-focused international non-governmental organization, over the last 85 years, since its inception in 1938, Child Funds tries to help uh, vulnerable children around the world. So we work with children and youth, communities, and the larger constituency to improve children's lives and help them become adults who bring lasting and positive changes uh, to their own lives and to communities to promote societies that value, protect, and advance children's worth and rights. So in our work with children and youth from birth to 24 years of age, child protection is a key issue for us. To help them grow healthy, educated and skilled, we need to provide them with a safer and protective environment. We are very close to children and communities through our work with over 200 local partners and always try to follow a child-centered and child-led approach in our work. Climate change is a child protection issue for us and it needs a child lens into its work. So climate change exacerbates 
multitude of protection and well-being risk children already face may it be online or offline so we foresee the catastrophic future of children as to how climate change can affect overall protection and well-being of uh, children and want to make sure that we act now that's where child fund comes into play in the sphere of climate action so we are not here alone today we are here with amazing children and youth climate advocates from sierra leone and kenya uh, whom you will get to meet maybe in the course of this week and keep it what about yourself so you know for you what does cop 28 mean and and why are you here yeah, very good. Uh, good question. Yeah, we're all here for a reason, right? My name is Kiva, and I am the Senior Advisor on Climate Action for Child Fund. I'm here with Saranga and a, and a big team uh, for our first time here in COLP. But for me, my role is I advise our child-focused work for our country offices in Asia, Africa, and Latin America, accounting for the context-specific climate change threats to the livelihoods, health, safety, and well-being of children and their families. Part of my role is ensuring children and youth meaningfully engage in climate action at local, national, and international levels, such as COP28. So as Saranga was mentioning, climate change is directly affecting our child-focused development and humanitarian work. It is one of the greatest barriers for us achieving our vision where all children are safe, healthy, educated, and skilled. I am here with my colleagues to center the needs and voices of children and youth from frontline communities in all climate change discussions, advocating for meaningful intergenerational dialogue and children and youth participation as they play a critical role in this process for change. We are also exploring partnerships with businesses and organizations across sectors tackling climate change to work together to ensure all children and youth fulfill their rights, specifically their right to a clean and healthy environment. It is their future we need to collectively work for, and it is our obligation as adults to guarantee this. It is a critical time to take the urgent actions required to ensure we align with the 1.5C pathway. Right now at COP, decisions are being made to scale up renewable energy, phase out fossil fuels, transform systems, and end deforestation. Child Fund is here to ensure children and youth are not left behind in these decisions and meaningfully influence and participate in these critical processes. And so on that, therefore, I mean, Sarga, you just mentioned the fact that you're bringing a whole load of young people, or children specifically, to, to, you know, high level negotiations to talk in the blue zone, which, I mean, nobody seems to get access to. Yeah. <laughs> Dark hearts of, which is potentially a good thing. You know, it's good that, you know, it's very focused on who is going to actually sort of influence the real sort of decision making. What does the vulnerabilities of young people, children to climate change actually look like? I mean, what what are those young people, what are the children from Sierra Leone going to sort of speak to? Yes, actually, climate change affects every child in this world, not just children in Sierra Leone and, and Kenya, which affects them disproportionately more. But it is affecting every child in this world. Uh, UNICEF actually just came out with a report estimating that almost every child on Earth is at least moderately at risk of the effects of climate change, with one in four at an extremely high risk. This is a big deal, as evidence has shown the impacts of climate change affects their health, their education, and safety. For example, for health, rising temperatures increase the risk of heat-related illness and mental health concerns. Air pollution increases the risk to respiratory illnesses, and malnutrition risks are found due to shifting weather patterns 
of areas leading to crop failure and high food prices. For education, according to UNICEF, 40 million children have their education disrupted every year because of disasters exaggerated by climate change. Not only does climate change affect the physical infrastructures of schools, leading to disruption to school attendance and closures, but also the social and emotional aspects of a child, and for child protection, which is a big reason why we are here today. Climate change is affecting families by placing stress on their livelihoods and access to natural resources. This stress can lead to increased violence due to negative coping strategies, for example, child labor, child marriage, gender-based violence, discontinuation of schooling, and migration. The World Bank estimates that climate change could force 143 million people to migrate within their own countries by 2050. Migration, linked to the lack of access to natural resources, is and will continue to be an issue that directly impacts children in their future. So Katie, to really address climate change, we must take a child-centered, holistic approach to address all aspects of a child's development and stages of life. To guarantee they are resilient to climate effects now and prepared and skilled for the future transitions to greener ways of living. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, Saranga, I wanted to bring you in now. As I mentioned at this front, we are literally sitting on the floor outside the Women's Pavilion in the cop green zone. How are you finding it so far? What have you seen? What have you heard? For anybody who's listening who can't be here, which is basically the whole world, other than us, like very, very lucky people. And what's it like? Can you sort of paint us a bit of a picture? Thank you, Katie. Yeah, uh, it's my second day here. So it's my first co-op, but the second day, I'm already overwhelmed to see the enthusiasm and the solidarity of global community to uh, combat this uh, daunting issue. And also, like, I, I went to a few um, pavilions, uh, which talk of, talks about the technology as well as people, as to how we can combine these two to get this issue sorted or to, like, uh, limit or combat this global issue. So, yeah, it's exciting. And I'm looking forward uh, to see uh, more in the course of this week. Yeah, thank you. It's certainly amazing to see so many nationalities coming together, like literally even as you sort of come in the door, you just realise this is a global issue and we have to come together to to figure it out and try and tackle it and and all those pieces. Kiva, I wanted to sort of bring you in at this point. We obviously don't necessarily get access to the the final decision-making pieces. That does definitely happen behind pretty sort of, you know, highly sealed closed doors. If you did have your kind of two minutes of fame to stand up and sort of say your penny's worth to the to the great leaders of the world, what would it be that you'd be trying to say to them? And, and what are the kind of key messages that you guys, from a child fund perspective, would be trying to get across? Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you mentioned, Katie, we, us all sitting here on the floor, don't have access to the, to the area that these decisions are being made. And yeah, despite that, I, I still think we all have a role to play in this and our, our voices should be heard. Well, some of the key aspects that are being discussed in that, that area are decisions on which actions that require to tackle the results of the global stock take that just came out this year, which the results weren't that positive. Um, these urgent actions will directly impact children and, and young people. So our key messages are, first, we must center children in all climate actions, targets, and plans. This means for both the mitigation and, and adaptation, such as the NDCs and NAPs that are being redrafted right now due to the global stock take. We need to explicitly recognize children's rights and voices in these plans, enhancing current processes to be child-friendly and accessible, 
So children's perspectives are meaningfully included at the table in decisions across all sectors. Second, we need to ensure climate actions at all levels are inclusive, free from prejudice, gender responsive, and lead to intergenerational equity. Emphasis is required on education and skill readiness for youth and children in transition talks. This is vital in discussions regarding just transitions. Decision makers must center and value children and youth required knowledge and skills to be the next generation leading the transition. This means providing the necessary resources and capacity to scale up relevant education and technical skills training inclusive for all. Third, aim for solutions with multiple benefits for children and the planet. Climate change action is not only emissions reduction. We are also dealing with limited adaptive capacity, biodiversity loss, development challenges at the same time. Therefore, implementing solutions that have multiple benefits, such as reduce poverty, conserve, restore biodiversity, provide clean water, air, and land, that advances climate justice through a multi-sectorial way is fundamental to overcome these multiple crises. But lastly, loss and damage, adaptation, and transition financing must be forward-thinking and equitable and how it will invest in children, youth, and most vulnerable communities so no one is left behind. That was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I, I tried to put the summary into the words that sit alongside the podcast. So for anybody listening, you have a takeaway. <laughs> no, it's, it's really important. And, and that piece around actually just making sure that nobody's left behind. And, and you can certainly feel that in terms of just the number of spaces that are here at and within the green zone. The fact that you guys are here for the first time isn't just about talking carbon. It's saying, okay, you know, climate change is a human problem. You need to have some human solutions. So I wanted to bring you in. We, I mean, this podcast, you know, social impact pioneers, you guys, but also business, business involved in trying to tackle this and, and be part of the solution and, and really think about the kind of active space of this. How do you see business's role, particularly from a sort of child perspective, where business doesn't necessarily feel as though that it has a role to play within sort of children's thinking? Yeah, thank you so much, Katie. Again, this is an important question, I would say. Thanks for asking that. So at Child Fund, we have taken a systematic approach across 20 plus countries to prioritize and end violence against children. And children, the world are demanding that we address climate change in a similar way into the future, just as we do uh, other business. And as business, actually, you need to look into the lived experience of children and communities to understand how climate change impact people's lives, especially children's life in our case. So as a person coming, especially coming from the global south, let me elaborate a little bit about my experience of climate change impact uh, in our part of the world uh, through our uh, life course. So like uh, drought, flood and landslides are common issues that we experienced in the recent past. And I'm witnessing how production of different crops has changed over the years, which in turn has affected income and life patterns of people, increasing risk and vulnerability over the years. And uh, frequent flood uh, damages people's livelihood and they cannot forecast their lives. Uh, for them and for their children. So that is one of the main issues that affect education and all the other lifelong development of our children. So during flood and landslides, uh, young me, as a young person, I have seen how my friends' uh, lives got disrupted by not having communication and not having transport, food, water, and being isolated from the world. 
at least for a like few hours or few days. So sometimes uh, they would bring rainwater until relief support reaches them. So that is going to be another health issue. And I have even witnessed how climate change leads to migration. And on the other hand, migration leading to negative impacts uh, of climate change induce natural disasters. So once a friend of mine, I remember one, a friend of mine told me how an internally migrated community got severely affected during a flood because they were not quite equipped with required knowledge about that area and possible risk and vulnerabilities uh, they would uh, face in future. So this itself increases their, uh, the damage to lives and profit properties of them. So that is uh, actually a real experience that one of my uh, friends um, faced. And especially in our part of the world, resources and focus on mitigation and adaptation is at very lower level, I would say, or even uh, not at all. So uh, this puts us in a more vulnerable situation than a person from a developed world, for sure. So uh, therefore, business has and can play a great role in, in mitigation and adaptation to help communities prepare for and respond to future climate risks. That's how I see it. And they also can be a bridge between communities and the technology in the best interest of human being, in our case, in the best interest of children. So uh, we need to partner for sure. So private and public partners are key. We need businesses, individuals. We need coalitions, collective actions to ensure we align with the one-point-C pathway urgency in action. Sense of urgency to act. So that's very important. Please, but... Uh, no, it will take us all to make the change required. So it's not one man show. It's not our role. It's not a child's role to play. It's all of us. We all need to get together. So, and most importantly, listen to the children and youth voices. Uh, there's so much power in youth voices in advocating for climate action. So business need to engage meaningfully and listen to and collaborate with young activists supporting initiatives that empower children and youth to participate in climate solutions and try to bring young voices to the decisions being made. Youth representatives on board or councils, for example, are some, some of the ways in which we can uh, get them involved in our work. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. And so... You know, sitting at COP, you just sort of mentioned about the fact that everybody needs to be included. But the problem with COP is that actually, you know, trying to even get here is a massive problem and, and, and highly therefore selective. And, and costs lots of money. Kiva's making lots of <laughs> signs next to me. And therefore, I guess, Kiva, on that one, is COP the right forum or the right way to be able to address climate change? You know, if you need to have everybody at the ha every hand at the pump, what is the power that you see from your experience that, that COP could or is potentially missing out on? Yeah, thank you, Katie. I think COPs are one piece of many collective decisions needed to tackle climate change. Much of what we are talking about today, the world started debating half a century ago. That's according to my friend and mentor, Dr. Stephen knight Lenihan. The issue is the clash between economic growth assumptions and the biophysical limits the need to work within those limits, and the need to avoid a one-size-fit-all approach. All this has been acknowledged and it has evolved into concepts including sustainable development, resilience, and transition economies, which we've been talking about for quite some time. However, we aren't moving fast enough, and this COP 
like the past COPs, aren't going to change overnight. We really need everyone on board and with a sense of urgency because all the concerns we discussed today, because of all the concerns we just discussed here today, directly impact our youth and children. I mean, look at this huge conference dedicated to the world leaders and key stakeholders sorting out the paradigm shift. It's not easy. The thing is, children and youth get it. They are constantly insisting for us to change now, and they are asking for us to listen to them. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. Multisectoral and intergenerational dialogue and action is our only hope. And it's not just at COP. It's going to be discussions after COP, businesses in our country, in our local communities, because uh, this is the hope we need to have moving forward. We need each other. Yeah, I guess it's the like it or loathe it. You know, you do need that focal point. You need the the point where everybody starts talking about it and it wouldn't break press if it wasn't here. So, so I'm going to, sort of wrapping up this conversation now, although I could definitely sit on, <laughs> on this very cool pavement and chatting with you all day. What's next for you? What do you sort of see sort of going forward um, and, the, and the work that you're doing? Yeah, thanks, Katie, again. Yeah, as uh, Kiva said, like things won't happen overnight. We have way to go. So we will continue to even accelerate our engagement with children and youth for sure, so that they will be better supported to act on their rights to a clean, healthy and sustainable environment, which is one of the rights uh, they are enshrined with. So it's been eight years since the global leaders reaffirmed their commitment to uh, respect, protect and promote uh, obligations of uh, human rights, including children's rights and the principles of intergenerational equity in climate action through Paris Accord. So, but we think that we are not up to the speed to achieve our goals. So we want to, we want to ensure closer and greater collaboration with governments in countries where we have presence, especially where we have presence. We are very much interested in working with the, those governments very closely to ensure national policies and legislations capture these global commitments and ensure that children enjoy those rights. So we also put uh, greater effort to mobilize and partner with global community, including private sector, donors, and philanthropy. We invite all of you to join us in this journey by connecting with us on our social media or directly partnering with us to pull this through. And that way, we believe that we can ensure our duty and obligation to hand over, over a better world for our next generation before we lose the grip of this daunting issue and all other protection and well-being issues children are already facing in physical and online spaces. So that's our hope and that is where we are heading. Amazing. So that sort of wraps up our conversation for now, but I think really important uh, messages to be to be shared across the world. And for anybody listening, I'll put those links into the chat that sits beside the podcast so they can go and have a look at it and, and make sure that you can carry on the conversation but uh for now kiva sharanga thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us and uh yeah carry on with the work that you're doing thank Thank you you. thank you and if you like what you've heard today please do rate and subscribe to us i would also love to hear your feedback so please do drop me a line at any time i'm katie at businessfightspoverty.org many thanks brought to you by business fights poverty 